let's go to the United States and our correspondent today is Danielle Kurtzleben, whose political correspondent is signed to NPR's Washington desk. Danielle, it feels like deja vu all over again, um, but we are beginning to narrow our focus to Biden versus Trump. Um, I've even seen recent articles comparing memory loss between the pair, uh, and that was quite interesting reading. But a very strong reaction to comments Donald Trump made in a recent rally about NATO. Could you tell us exactly what he did say, please? Sure, yeah. So this was a rally in Conway, South Carolina, uh, which is a, a town in the eastern part of the state. The, the state is having its primary in a couple or a week and a half here. What he said was this. He was talking about NATO and he said he was talking to the president of a big country. Those are his words. He did not say which country. And he said that he was talking to this president about NATO. And so this this leader said, well, sir, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? And that's a Trump quote right there. And Trump said in response, quote, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. And the other leader said, yes, let's say that happened. And Trump said, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage Russia to do whatever the hell they want. you got to pay. Um, uh, so that is very strong statements, something that Trump, Trump has blasted NATO before, but not in this way, not in such a way where he would say that uh, he would want or encourage Russia to attack one of the U.S.'s major allies. So this is a big deal. Also, it sounds like a slightly preceded version of any realistic conversation with the president, but I'll leave people to form their own views. Sure. I mean, we, we, can't, we can't know, of course, we, this is Trump's telling. We cannot know how much is or is not fabricated. This is, this is, of course, a Trump story. Very good caveat there. Well, others will say there's been this big overreaction again, that it's uh, his manner of speaking again. Um, what has been the range of reactions, however? Well, I'll tell you, the reaction it, during the rally in that room was nil. I mean, it, if anything, it was just the, the usual applause to any quote-unquote tough Trump statement. But the reaction elsewhere in the Washington establishment, the foreign policy establishment, and of course from the Biden campaign, has been huge. Uh, because this uh, – and you can – that is reasonable, you, you could really, I think, say, because – Foreign policy, to be honest, does not often register that much with voters. Voters walk around thinking about, you know, their pocketbooks, even social issues. Voters don't often tell me that NATO is something they think much about. But that doesn't mean this isn't important. And diplomats, foreign policy experts, and Trump's opponents, both uh, Joe Biden and Nikki Haley, his main opponent now for the Republican nomination, um, really, really blasted him saying, understandably, rightly, that this, if the U.S. were to back away from its NATO commitments, it could upend the world order in a way we just, we can't even comprehend right now. All right. So that's uh, another um, fresh dose of uh, controversy. President Joe Biden, (laughs) as I alluded to, getting even more scrutiny on his age, this time in a special counsel report. Just explain that for us. Sure. So there was a special counsel that was assigned to look into the fact that Joe Biden had had some classified documents he had stowed at his home in Delaware, uh, for example, in his garage there. Classified documents as well as 
uh, notebooks in which he had uh, apparently been taking notes on uh, meetings where classified information had been given out. So this special counsel looked into this and came back with this report saying, uh, on the one hand, a thing that's good for Joe Biden, that he does not think that Joe Biden willfully that he meant to do anything wrong and that by essentially clearing Biden. But then again, the special counsel, Robert Hur did it in a pretty damning way because he said in uh, in explaining how Biden, why Biden kept the documents, he said, well, Biden has memory problems, essentially. Uh, He's he the quote is he's an elderly man with a poor memory. So a lot of voters were already, they already knew Biden is pretty old, but this is a documentation by a representative of the Justice Department saying he has memory problems. So this really stirred up a lot of worries about Biden's age. Now it's become a battle of the age and a battle of uh, the memory fades. I I, I noticed a recent article, uh, the Democrats, I presume, are toting up a bunch of uh, former President Trump's memory fades, including um, the risk of being led into World War II, for example. Um, So is this going to be a tactic and is it going to work? You know, your memory or error, your name error for my name error. Oh, it, uh, age is just going to be a back and forth in this in this race. Now, the question of how effective it is, I mean, thus far, voters I have talked to, I mean, of course, Republicans are very happy to say that Joe Biden is near death, they think, um, that he is, that he has dementia. They'll say any number of things. Now, Democrats are worried about Biden's age, but they're, yes, like you said, they do point out Trump's uh, Trump also makes plenty of slip-ups. He confuses Nikki Haley for how, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, any number of things. Of course, Viktor but, Orban, the leader of Turkey, is another example. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's just a question of how much it sticks. And also, what of, also it just seems like the narrative of Biden's age sticks more. I mean, there's videos of Biden, for example, tripping yes. going up the stairs of Air Force yeah. One. And you can those are played on repeat at Trump rallies. Yeah. Now Congress has been working for months on a bill focused on border security. What's happened to it? Uh, it's dead. <laughs> Long story short. Uh this was a bill that uh was an attempt to create a, a compromise between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans really, really wanted stronger border security, a thing that they really rail against Biden on. And eventually Biden said, all right, look, I'm going to give you border security, but Democrats, we want aid for Israel and Ukraine, and which is a thing that Republicans haven't been fans of, especially on the Ukraine front. So Democrats and Republicans in Congress worked and worked, put together this bill, and then it failed. And it failed It is generally agreed because Donald Trump, he's the common theme in what we're talking about today. Donald Trump uh, lobbied members of Congress saying you shouldn't vote for this. Now, the official line is, well, this isn't a wasn't a tough enough bill on border security. And that's what Republicans repeated. However, there is also the general thought that Trump wanted this to fail because he doesn't want Biden to get a win on border security. And some Republican members of Congress even said that on the record, that it would be a win for Biden on Trump's signature issue. So 
Long story short, this uh, the bill failed, and I've talked to voters, uh, voters that we contacted for a recent poll here at NPR, and some of them are quite frustrated. Voters were already very uh, convinced that Congress doesn't do enough, and this is just another example of that. All right. How is the heat coming on? Uh, and, and, I mean, it's a huge year. There's so much going on. But if, if you sort of look at public engagement so far in an election year, um, public engagement in um, even the, the, the politics of the run-up to it and the, and, and the politics of the Republicans determining their uh, nominee, how would you describe it? Well, it, let's leave aside the super fans, the people who are diehard Trump sure. fans and the people who who love Joe Biden no matter what. Beyond that, it's it's uh, I don't know if dark is quite the word, but it's 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 uh, almost apathy. There's a, a real feeling of politics are divisive, angry. And also we've had these two guys running against each other before. We're just seeing this again. It's it, it, there's a feeling of tiredness among voters here and also a feeling of the, the not just these two guys again, but these two older guys again, like, let's see some fresh blood. Let's look forward. I, there is just this feeling that this is going to be a slog. Thank you very much. Daniel Kurtzleben is NPR's uh, Washington desk political correspondent.